Yo, what is good, Seas fans? It's Nathan here, aka the Boston Brit. Just before we hop into the pod, me and Tom have been advised by Carol from PR that, you know, this pod may contain some cheeky language. So we kind of have to tell you that before you jump in. So if you're sensitive, well, it's probably best you missed the pod. But anyway, let's jump straight into it. Welcome to That UK Celtics Podcast. Tatum drives George right there. Tatum gets a wide open look. people and welcome to another episode of that UK Celtics podcast. I am of course your host Tom Wade. Alongside me as always is my co-host, my right-hand man, Nafe aka the Boston Brit. Nafe, what's good brother? I am good, I am good. Still living in this silly zombie apocalypse season but yeah we're getting for it man, we're getting for it. Yeah, yeah I feel I feel you. Um, just as, all, as, as it is always, just a few little housekeeping rules. Please make sure, however you're watching or listening, you subscribe, you like, you share the pod, and also interact. You know, we want to hear from you guys what you think. If if one of our guests or probably me say something you don't agree with, then please make sure you do let us know. I mean, I am known for dropping some stinkers, so, you know, come at me if you have to. I promise you I will not take offence. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to waste any time here. It's not always all about me. And today's guest, I think Nafer agree with me. I am hugely excited. So let's get straight into it. As if you're watching, you will probably already see. But if you're not and you're on the platforms, then please let me introduce you to my guy from NBA TV, Mr. Jag Greenberg. Jag, what's good, man? What's up, fellas? Good to be talking to you guys. Thanks, mate. Thanks for coming on. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys reaching out. It's always nice to uh, get a distraction, give me something to do other than watching stupid TV shows or whatever else is on. So this is good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I was going to say how you doing, how you passing the time, but obviously there's a few game shows there, I think. Uh, and you like to share that you watch? Um, well, I've been watching. I'm, I'm, I watch anything with, like, the police or cop shows. So, like, I'm an addict. There's, yeah. like, reality shows. There's a lot of them. Uh, that are on here in America where like they follow live police officers around. I just like sp- seeing people do stupid stuff and the cops arresting them for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like some things. We've got some things like that. Probably not as, not as mad as it is over there with you, but we do have a few over here, to be honest. Yeah. But, we um, up with keeping up with the Kardashians. That's what we got to put up with. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten into that one yet. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, no. That's a new one on me. I didn't even know he was a fan of that. But okay, Nate, if that's what you do in your evenings, I'll, I'm that's no the, one to judge. That's the missus. <laughs> miss I've got to watch that. I've got to watch it. Just, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not pretty viewing, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, you know, unfortunately, well, luckily, actually, this isn't Keeping Up With The Kardashians. This is that UK Celtics podcast. As I said, Jared Greenberg, NBA TV. Jared, like, what is it like for you right now? Because your schedule is probably 99.9% jammed and you're away. 
but yeah. yet you find yourself stuck at home. What I think, oh, we've been five weeks over here, probably more so for yourself. Like what, what's life been like for you like, like recently and stuff? Yeah, it's been totally the opposite of what it normally would be. Uh, it's been eight, eight weeks for us uh, since, since we've been in, in quarantine. And, uh, you know, for somebody who just got married seven months ago, it's been a, a nice early test of my marriage because, um, you know, when I'm typically away from home and giving my wife, I'm sure, much needed break for me and some space, uh, we've been uh, locked together in a two-bedroom condo for, for two straight months. Um, so I think I'm passing the test so far. Uh, but yeah, typically, typically I'm away. Uh, you know, for the entire first round and, and some or all of the second round of the playoffs. So, you know, figure that's anywhere from from three weeks to six weeks straight of, of traveling and maybe a day or two home to do some laundry and repack a suitcase at the most. But uh, yeah, it's 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 been it's been nuts and it makes you makes you appreciate basketball even more and, and miss it a whole bunch. Yeah, it definitely does. And obviously, congratulations on the marriage and stuff. Oh, I mean, I, I've been married, what, four years? It's heading into my fifth year. <laughs> and I think I'm doing all right. I mean, obviously, I hope you get there and go bond. But it is, it is testing, especially this. This has been the biggest test. Because like yourself, I normally work away from home. Unfortunately, not doing anything exciting as you do. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly been a test. And, you know, I think everybody's kind of in the same situation. I know Nafe's in the same situation. He's been stuck at home when he normally... He's working flat out. But, yeah, like you said, like, you know, it's kind of crazy, really, because what we're now, we're 50-plus days without basketball. And yeah. it almost feels like the off-season. It almost feels like we're building up to the season now. This yeah. is it. We're all getting ready to go. And it's, it's no time telling them on when it's going to go. And it's crazy how it all started. I mean, you, you, you've obviously got a great experience of, of that night when it all just suddenly turned – night and we we're into waters we've never been in since the lockout yeah so you know um two so it, it all happened wednesday night here tuesday night i was doing a tnt game i was the sideline reporter for the clippers at the warriors and you know i was in san francisco and things were getting weird there you know the west coast of, of the united states is where things really started here um and i, I felt you know, a little awkward, a little uncomfortable being out there. Uh, there was talk that later that week they were going to go and, and play games without fans. So so they were going to play, but just no fans in the stands. So I, I kind of knew something was something was coming. Something was about to change um, that we'd never experienced before. And then I flew back to Atlanta Wednesday to be on the air Wednesday night on NBA TV. And as I'm getting ready to be on the air – um, you know, we, we saw there was something going on in Oklahoma City with, with Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz. We didn't know quite what it was, but you just kind of got that feeling that, again, building off of what I was feeling the night before in San Francisco, um, we were in uncharted, uncharted waters, as you said, Tom. Like, something weird was going on. And right as I got on the air, um, it was 9 o'clock Eastern time when I got on the air on NBA TV. I was live. We learned almost immediately that Rudy Gobert it was announced he had tested positive. And then I don't think it was – I don't even think it was 15 minutes later. I think it was less. Um, I got the note from the NBA, and, and my producer talked to me in my ear and said, read your computer. And I always, you know, have my computer in front of me while I'm live on, on TV, and, and my jaw hit the floor. And I, I, you know, 
you know, cold read the, the note from the NBA to our, our viewers. And, and I couldn't believe what I was saying. I, you know, trying to put this all in perspective, um, you know, it's been, it's been a really weird year um, to begin with. And, you know, I feel like uh, I've been on the air for a lot of it. You know, I was on the air the day after uh, David Stern died. I was on the air the night Kobe Bryant died. Um, and those were all incredibly tough yeah. days to handle. And now uh, I'm announcing to, to the world that, that the NBA is being put on pause. And it's just like, man. Can we get some good news here, please? Can can we just yeah. get to the playoffs? Can we get to some fun times? And it's just – it's been frustrating. But, you know, just hopefully looking forward. You know, we, we do know at some point this is going to – at some point wrap up. At some point we're going to have basketball. It may look different. It may feel different than we ever have before. But it, it'll make us appreciate it a lot more. 100%. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, in terms of years – of how difficult it's been. This has probably been the most difficult year for the NBA as a whole. For me personally, like you mentioned, with David Stern passing away, Kobe and Gigi, and then obviously with this whole outbreak, it's, it's been a te- it's been a testing year. I think it's been probably the hardest year that the league has probably been through. Yeah, and and and, and listen, we don't we don't enjoy going through any of this, but um, you know, it makes me proud to to be associated with the NBA with how. Um, Adam Silver and, and the league and, and a lot of the owners of the teams and how the players have, have handled have handled themselves and handled this and you know even my company that I work for at Turner how um, they've put in a priority on, on people and making sure everyone's healthy and well and safe and um, you know I think it, it again you know you don't want to ever go through any of this stuff but it, it makes you again appreciate the, the people and the organizations you're associated with because how they've handled uh, some some heavy decisions, but done it really responsibly. Yeah, well, the NBA, the NBA is really great for stuff like that, I think. Like they, you know, the whole NBA cares and things like that. You know, they really do, they're probably, I mean, talking about this conversation where we say, you know, that they are, you know, the NBA is probably one of the best organizations in, in the world for that kind of thing. Because, you know, the players understand that they're in a, they're in an amazing position in life. You know, even though they, yeah, they, yeah, they have worked hard for it. They're getting paid a lot of money, but it's just like the little things are given back to their communities. And, you know, and they all, you, you can all tell where they generally want to do it. And I mean, like, obviously like Mark Cuban set the ball rolling for, for this whole Corona stuff. So with, with his gestures and things like that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, the NBA is definitely one of the best organizations to, to, you know, be involved in and, and to watch as well. So yeah, definitely hundred percent. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I've got no arguments about that. It's probably, it just it, it improves my opinion on the sport and that it's the best sport in the world to me personally. And I think yeah. like anybody agree with that that loves the NBA be like, this is it. I mean, football's, well, soccer for you, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's probably the biggest sport in our, in, in our country. Like, even with that, to me, that just takes a back seat because the NBA is the most explosive entertaining sport on the in the world and like the way that everybody pulls together when something goes down is just it's something you don't really see and that's what makes a community so special you know i i completely agree with you guys you know i think they're just really socially conscious which i think is important i think you know and it started with david stern a long time ago recognizing that that you have to treat the players right in order for them to uh 
you know, they're not only your employee, but they're the product, right? If they're happy, then they're going to perform better. They're going to give, they're going to be willing to give back. And then I think, you know, that's translated over the years to how they treat the fans. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I, I totally agree. Um, moving on slightly a little bit from there. Obviously we've mentioned the whole NBA TV thing. And that's, that, that's what you do day to day, yeah. day in, day out. That, that, that's your career. That's, that's you. But what I want to know is, where did it all start? Where did it all start for Jared Greenberg of NBA TV? Well, it started a long time ago. I don't feel like an old man, but it's, it's been, <laughs> been over two decades since I've been uh, kind of working towards this. Uh, but, I, you know, I really appreciate you guys having me on because I, I, love, I love doing this stuff. I love talking basketball. I love talking about the media field. Um, you know, I love talking about how learning about how people got to where they're at. Uh, I love sharing my story. Um, which, you know, for me, it's cool to see that it's gone global where like you guys, you know, are, are so far away and, and you don't have any NBA teams where you play, where you live, but, but the fact that it's captivated you guys and you're so into it and I love your passion, which is, you know, why I love, you know, chatting with you guys about it. Uh, but for me, I was just, I, I was a high school kid. I was a, a freshman in high school, ninth grader. And, um, you know, I just happened to see that I was in a TV production class and, and, the local university in my town was looking for some high school volunteers to go work at the college radio station. And I uh, had to have my parents drive me there every day cause I didn't have a driver's license. I was, you know, working with college kids all, you know, all the time, you know, who are five, six, seven years older than me. Um, and it really matured me. It taught me the business. Uh, but the first time my father ever drove me to the radio station to do an on air uh, radio show, um, you know, I had to flick the switch on the transmitter to get the radio station going, a small, tiny little radio station. And I turned to my father and I said to him, point blank, I remember this, I was, you know, I think 14 or 15 years old. I said, I'm never doing anything other than this the rest of my life. Um, it just, you know, a, a charge went through my body. There was an adrenaline rush and I'll never forget that. And, you know, it's made me appreciate uh, what I've been doing. And ever since then, I worked towards this career. Uh, not necessarily in basketball. I've always loved basketball. I grew up a huge uh, New Jersey Nets fan back in the day. Uh, you know, I was one of about seven people in the stands every game, unless Michael Jordan was coming to the coming to town. And then I was one of seven Net fans. And then there was, you know, 20,000 Bulls fans there miraculously in the state of New Jersey. I don't know how all them showed up. Uh, but, you know, so I, I went to college or, you know, university on my – uh, with a focus in doing radio, wanting to learn more about television, came out of school, did a bunch of jobs. I grew up in the New York area, did a bunch of things for ESPN, for a lot of the local sports and news outlets that are in New York. And and one day, uh, you know, Turner, the company that owns TNT and NBA TV, came calling looking for somebody. So I had to relocate from New York down to Atlanta. And this is my my ninth season with with NBA TV and, and Turner. It's been uh, it's been the best decision I've ever made. I'm so thankful for it. It's, you know, it's as you guys get to watch, you know, Ernie, Charles and Shaq and Kenny and, and how much fun they have. Like that's real life, like behind the scenes, like we, we have that much fun and, and the company is just, it, it's an awesome first class uh, company to work for. And you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm living my dream every day. I'm sorry. Awesome. I'm going to fly over to America now. That's it. Yeah. I mean, like I went on to be fair, live TV is no jokes. So obviously I commend you. Heavily for that because <laughs> I went on the pregame show with Carlin Scow, 
And I mean, it was the most nerve wracking thing I've ever done. So to go out there every night and just. And, but, but did you have to wear makeup? No, I didn't. I didn't have to wear makeup. I think about how much more pressure that is. You have, as a man, you've got to put makeup on and then you got to go on live TV. Think about how uncomfortable that is. <laughs> well, I mean, that would be, that'd be even worse, to be honest. But I mean, I was sweating enough as it is. So even if I did have makeup on, I would have yeah. looked a bit sludgy in the face by, by like four minutes in. Oh, they've got products for that. Believe me, I sweat more than any human being on the face of the earth. The makeup artists <laughs> at our company, they, they've got it down pat. Well, I'd have to wear a suit on a suit, I think, because otherwise there'd be yeah. certain, the sweat patches would have been ridiculous. Maybe after this podcast, we can share some makeup tips. I'll, I'll share some tips. <laughs> yeah, you have to tell me what concealer and blush you use. Exactly, yeah. I'm sure the missus will like that as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any idea what you guys are all about. I've never used that in my life. <laughs> No, I'm sure the kids have attacked me with a few things like that before, to be fair. And how everybody uses makeup on Halloween, right? So I, I, I can relate a little bit. Sure. sure. <laughs> but Jared, like, as you said, you, you've, been at, you've been with the NBA TV nearly nine years now. Yeah. Um, like, what's it, what's it been like? What is it like going on like, like there you said about it? What's it like being live on TV, every, wow. so many people watching you and, like, having to deliver, like, I don't know about, I, with the podcast, I get really nervous and like, you know, you know, what's it, I need to ask the right questions, get it right first time and stuff. So like, what's that for you? What's, what's, what's that experience for you? Similar, man. Like, um, you know, I, I love it. I get the adrenaline rush. Um, you know, for me, every time I go on the air, whether I'm doing something on NBA TV in the studio here in Atlanta, or if I'm out doing a game for TNT and I'm in an NBA arena, uh, I kind of have to focus for a few minutes before every time. And I ask myself the same question before every show. And this, there's no exception. Um, you know, what, if I, if I were the viewer at home, if, you know, if I'm Tom, if I'm Nathan, what, what do I want to hear today? What do I want to see? What do I want to know about? What, what, what do these guys care about as a basketball fan? What's something that I can provide that viewer or the listener with that's entertaining, that's informative, that's educational, um, that's something that would keep them watching and want them to come back and watch more of what we're doing. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't try and take myself too seriously because that's like the whole motto of our company, but I take my job seriously, right? And my preparation, I make sure that I study my, my butt off uh, with, with reading articles and talking to people and, you know, trying to really figure out what would be best for the viewer that day. And we don't always get it right. I, you know, mess up plenty of times. And, you know, like you, Tom, uh, I'm my own harshest and, and roughest critic. You know, I'm always constantly beating myself up for things I could have done differently or should have done differently. But uh, I think that just shows you care. And mm. I, I want people to know when they watch something I do, how much I love it. Like I'm not faking it. You know, I think there's a lot of people out there who fake it and I want my passion to come across because I know how much people invest in their time and how many different options they have to watch on TV. Like I want you not to watch the Kardashians, Nathan. I want you to be watching our show. <laughs> to be honest, I think anything I'd rather watch, I'd rather watch paint dry. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, well, sometimes watching paint dry is better than some of the shows I do. So I want to make sure I change your opinion on that, you know? And, and I, I just, I want people to realize that I care as much as you care who's watching, you know what I mean? Because you've, you've, you've made an investment of your time to tune into our shows, whether it's on TV or on, on the web or, you know, on, on the NBA app or whatever it is. 
So I want you to realize how much I care about those people. So just well, as long as you as long as you throw shade at the Lakers and the 76ers, I mean, you're going to get Celtics fans just piling in. So uh, that, okay. is, that, is a, that is a guaranteed win. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys don't know what Laker fans say about you guys. Oh, yeah, we're not bothered. We're not bothered. We're, we're, bothered. <laughs> we're still, we're still right. sitting high. We're still right, sitting right. high. Time. <laughs> oh that's brilliant um yeah but yeah jared you meant you mentioned there like your drive and your passion and stuff and how much you enjoy doing what you're doing and if you don't enjoy it you don't do it you don't want to do it yeah. so obviously with what you do comes some big experiences like what's been i know one of them and i'm going to mention it if you don't because I, I think anybody who watches this and then goes follows you if they don't follow you already they're going to see it but what's been like some of the biggest experiences you've been through with, with, with MBT, with NBA TV or, or even on TNT? Yeah. Um, man, there's, you know, I, I, what, what, again, just what I love about our company is like the people they put me with, there's rarely a time that I'm not on TV with a guy who's been an NBA all-star or a hall of famer or an all-time great you know, um, I get to work with Charles Barkley a lot and work, to work with Shaq a lot. So, like, these guys are unbelievable human beings. Um, I've covered, you know, since 2012, I've covered NBA, every NBA Finals. Um, you know, since I've been at, at NBA TV, covered every All-Star game. Um, those are all big moments. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of any in particular. I mean – I know um, Tom's got one. I know Tom's got one in his head. All right, Tom, I have got? got one. What do you got, Tom? Bill Clinton. What was it like talking to a former U.S. president? Because uh, like, the, I was trying to think about this when I saw it. I was like, what's yeah. the closest we can compare? And it's either got to be the Queen or the Prime Minister. And I'm not being funny. A guy that normally sits in his shed. I've got the privilege of being in a bedroom today, but I normally sit in my shed recording podcasts and all the guys that watch me, I've got a green screen, I've got all this going on, it's great normally. Um, but I was thinking, what's the closest thing? And it's doing that, and I don't think I could ever do that. So what is that like, speaking to a, you know, a former president of the United States? It was unbelievable. I appreciate you, uh, you pointing that out and remembering that. Uh, it was one of the craziest experiences of my life. Uh, I was actually just talking about it with my wife the other day. She'll never forget the reaction Right after I, I, cause we recorded the interview and I called her right away and I said, call everyone, let them know. <laughs> um, so it was a, uh, it was a Milwaukee Bucks at Brooklyn Nets game and the game was on NBA TV and, and I'm sitting up in my air. So the press seating in Brooklyn for where I was, is like kind of the, at the top level of the first section, first level of seating. And I look over at midcourt and I see, I see Bill Clinton. And, you know, I know he lives in New York, but not really near Brooklyn. Like I was kind of confused why he was there. And, and I, I kind of nudged my producer. I'm like, we got to get him on. We got to get him on. Right. And like, just thinking, whatever, we'll shoot for the stars. Um, halftime comes around and I'm noticing all these people are starting to take selfies with him. And the way it works in America with with like the secret service is what, what they call the branch and and you know security yeah. is that you you as a, as a president i'm sure as a former prime minister you you get that for for life right yeah. once you're a president but i'm looking around and i can't see anybody that 
resembles any sort of security or military or whatever. So we're getting closer and closer and closer to them. And then ultimately I see him. These guys, like, it was almost like camouflage. They were blended in with the crowd and they were eyeing me. I was eyeing them. And my producer went up to the guy who looked like the lead, the lead guy who was allowing people to come over and take selfies with, with President Clinton and said, hey, would President Clinton talk to Jared Greenberg on camera of NBA TV? And the guy looked past my producer and looked at me and he goes, what are you going to talk to him about? Right. <laughs> and, and what, what the way the sense I got from it was like, it wasn't like they, they were trying to filter my questions to him. They just wanted to make sure it was not like a political thing yeah. where we're going to bombard him with something going on in the world. Right. And I said, listen, we're just NBA TV. I want to know why he's here. And he goes, Oh, sure. No problem. And he, he literally grabbed president Clinton and said, president Clinton, this is Jared Greenberg from NBA TV. And I didn't realize he was best friends or is best friends with the owner of the Bucks, Mark Lazary. And so he had been sitting next to Mark and I didn't realize that. And so I asked him why he was there. I asked him that first question. And the second question was, well, what do you think of, about the Bucks? And at this point, Secret Service is looking at me being like this, like, you know, wrap it up, wrap it up. Bill Clinton wouldn't shut up. It was the most phenomenal thing ever. <laughs> he started to name every single player on the Bucks. He went through every guy. And I was like, this is unbelievable. And I got Secret Service like eyeing me down, like telling me to shut up. I'm like, I'm not saying anything. You know, um, I thought the game was going to start behind us. He kept going. So uh, it was a really cool experience. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was really cool just how cool he was. And, and again, just to see how much of a fan he was, right? Like it was, it was phenomenal. One of my scariest uh, moments was – my, my first opportunity to get a one-on-one -on -one interview with LeBron James, um, I believe it was during the, uh, the 2012 NBA Finals, which was Oklahoma City and, uh, and, and Miami. Mm. And I had, been, uh, I had been in Oklahoma City for the first couple of games, but I wasn't supposed to go to Miami for games three and four. I land back in Atlanta and I get a call from our, our producers saying, Hey, LeBron's going to sit down with us for a few minutes on the off day. And, and you we're going to have you do it. I was like, great. So I drop my stuff, repack a suitcase, get back to the airport. And the interviews first thing the next morning, I get to the airport. There's no ticket for me. There's no flight. I don't have a ticket. Oh no. Not and I'm bad. freaking out. Like, my one chance to sit down live with LeBron James and he's not, he's not going to be available to me. You didn't, uh, you didn't do a home alone, did you? And hitch a, hitch a ride with some trumpet players. <laughs> no, that would have been a good idea though. Uh, thankfully, <laughs> the, the story doesn't have as cool of an ending as that. Thankfully, Turner found a way to get me a seat on the flight and get me down to, to Miami to do the interview. But that was, that was so like, speaking of sweating before going on to do something like, you're thinking the coolest opportunity of your lifetime is here and somebody forgot to book you a flight and that's going to stand in the way of getting it done. So, yeah, I bet that was serious sweating moments. Yeah. Even more so like even just sitting down with him. Cause like, that's funny. You mentioned that 2012. That's when I got into the game and yeah. like LeBron James is a big part of that. And I've told the story a million times. Like, I started off watching the heat 
took my time to decide who I wanted to follow. Ultimately ended up on the Celtics. Rest is history. But in, in a LeBron James in his prime right there, you, like, you're talking to one of the best players to ever play the game, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's, it's like, wow. But what was that, what was that feeling like? I, I, just as you about to go, right, you're on you're recording. What was that like? Was that just sweaty palms and, you know, that experience? Yeah, so for, for me, the way I, I handle those situations, um, for, for me, everything comes back to my preparation. Um, the, the, the nervous part of that for me actually happened the night before. Once I got to Miami, I probably stayed up all night just preparing my questions, preparing where I wanted to go with the interview, doing my research, making sure I had all my bases covered. You know, I've done that a lot where um, I get to a city and I just don't sleep. Not, not because, again, I'm nervous, but because I want to make sure I'm as prepared as possible. So for me, as long as I've done my homework, um, then I know I'm, I'm okay once I get there and sit down to go do the interview with whoever it's going to be. Um, you know, so as long as I'm prepared and I'm ready with, and I'm confident with what I'm going to ask, uh, yeah. for me, you know, of course there are some moments, you know, especially like a one-on-one with LeBron where like, you know, in that, in that scenario too, like, it's not just your camera that's on you, even though you're doing the one-on-one interview, like all these people mm-hmm. come over, they're taking pictures. It's cool. Like it's, it's, it's really awesome. Um, it's an awesome feeling. But it's also like, all right, you better not screw this up. <laughs> now the question, yeah. the question is, have you got a, a photo in your condo of that interview? Have you got, have you got a still image just hung no. up? Is it, is no, it it's it's somewhere the- on my phone, though. It's, I can get it somewhere here, but no, no, I, I don't have it hung up, no. My wife doesn't allow any photos of me here. She, uh, she has to be the, the, the prettiest one everywhere. So it's, and the, the interior designer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Jared, um, I don't know if you've watched any episodes previously, but the, main, the biggest thing for us guys, what we wanted to do and why we get guys like yourself on is how we got into basketball. So obviously you mentioned you grew up in New York, New Jersey yeah. fan, New Jersey Nets fan. Like, where, how did you get into basketball? And like, what's one of your earliest memories that you can remember? Yeah, so um, my parents every year for the holidays uh, would get me like a partial season ticket plan to the to the Nets, and uh, like I'm not kidding, there there would be nobody in the building, um, and it's one of those things where because nobody else likes it, and the Nets were so bad when I first started liking them uh, that it grew my passion for it. Like you know, it was kind of a sense of pride for me that you know I like this underdog team. You know, I'm cheering for them before anybody else is. Eventually, they'll be good, and, you know, I'll, I'll look good because, you know, I liked them from the start. Uh, so I go to a handful of games um, every year, and it just was awesome. And then what started happening was, like, the Bulls dynasty was going on in the mid-'90s, and it pissed me off. It got me so mad <laughs> that I'd show up in school with these kids. Remember those st- – you remember you guys had their starter jackets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like yeah. the big winter coats. Mm. And people would roll into school with like bull, like Bulls jackets on. And I'd want to punch those guys in the face. Like, why are you a Bulls fan? You're just jumping out because they're the best team ever? Like, that's right. Be a Nets fan, right? And so it bothered me so much that I'd go – I'm trying to think. Watching the last dance really tried to trigger my memory because this was in that time for me. It was the Bulls, and it was also Shaq with the Orlando Magic. I, and I guess the Knicks, too, the, the Knicks. 
those were the only three teams when they played at where the Nets played. It was called the Meadowlands in New Jersey, where it was sold out. And it, it, it sucked because it was sold out with all of their fans. And, like, I'm sitting there trying to root for my team in our home building, and I can't even do it. Um, so, so that's really what got me into basketball and, you know, going with my father all the time. Uh, he grew up a big basketball fan and, you know, played basketball. So for me, uh, that's kind of where the love grew, uh, the love affair started for me. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a crazy story. Like, but you're, really, you're right, really, in terms of in that era, it was the Bulls were so dominant yeah. that when they would go to a city like yourself and you're like looking around going, hang on, there's, there's one, two, five of us and there's how many thousands of you? 20,000. Know, and and where, where do you even come from? You know, it's like guys surely don't travel that far to watch games. Chicago, I don't really know how far Chicago to New York is in New Jersey, but it, it just does, it might, it's mind-blowing at points, isn't it, I suppose. But fast-forwarding through to today, I'm guessing still an Nets fan. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but it's it's tough. Um, you know, it, it's one one of the, and I, I don't want anybody to feel bad for me about this, but when you when you're working in this game and covering it every day, it kind of desensitizes you from the living and dying with every win and loss. Um, yeah. It's 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 tough. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate. And, and again, I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me because I love my job and I love what I do, but like, it's, it's tough to have that same passion. And, and the other part of it too, is that like, when I was a fan growing up, like I legit hated other teams. I legit hated some players, right? Like for no other reason, except for they didn't wear the Jersey. I like, um, yeah. now it's kind of tough, especially you get to interview a guy from a different team or, you know, you get to read their backstory, you get to know about them, like you realize, oh, that's pretty stupid to hate them, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> so for, for me, um, I still, you know, would, would say I'm a Nets fan, but especially on the air, like nobody wants to watch a, a national TV show and, and see me being a, a homer for my team, right? Like that's not something that the viewer cares about. So I try and keep that off the air. Hmm. Yeah. And there's enough spin-off shows that have got hosts that really do show that bias anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously, being a Nets fan, I mean, this is, this is a Celtics podcast. Have you got any memories of, like, the Celtics when you, you was growing up? And, like, what you got any big memories that you know of through your career, I suppose, of, like meeting with any Celtics guys and just any, any cool Celtics stories you can share with us. Uh, trying to think. I mean, there was always, you know, back, back then in the nineties too, like, you know, when the Celtics, a rare period in time, the Celtics weren't very good. Um, you know, the Celtics and Nets were kind of on that same level of, of on the come up, you know? So, so those games were always interesting. Um, I, I remember, like, I used to go to a lot of games around either Halloween and also St. Patrick's Day. Mm -hmm. And I would, at school, you know, during the day, it's a thing I would do. I don't know, I'd spray paint my hair green. So I think there were some times when I'd spray paint my hair green either for Halloween, for something, or for St. Patrick's Day. And then that night, coincidentally, I'd have to go to a game. And I think one time it was a Celtics game, and I felt like a, felt like a, a jerk because I – 
was showing up to a Nets game with green hair and it looked like I was rooting for the Celtics. So that, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I've gotten to work with a lot of former Celtics. Um, you know, I used to do radio too on, on a Sirius XM NBA channel. And I worked for a long time with, with Rick Fox. And he tells some amazing Celtics stories about how, like this guy who still to this day, I consider like a, a really dear friend. Um, he grew up um, in, he grew up in a lot of places. He grew up in, in Canada and in the Bahamas, but he played his high school basketball in Indiana. And for those who, who may not be aware, high school basketball in Indiana is like a religion. It's like the greatest place in the country to play high school basketball as an Indiana and Rick played it. And then he went to the University of North Carolina to play college basketball, which is like one of the legendary schools to go play college basketball, right? And yeah. then he gets drafted by the Celtics. So this jerk goes from Indiana to North Carolina to Boston, and then Rick Pitino makes the biggest bonehead decision of his career <laughs> and decides that, that he doesn't need Rick Fox on his team, so he trades him to the Lakers, Oh. Where he went, he goes and wins three championships with the Lakers. So, um, you know, he shared some fun stories about his conversations with with Rick Pitino and stuff like that. And that those are fun. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I, I got to tell you, like being around the Celtics organization the last several years has been like one of the coolest experiences of my life. Um, you know, I, I, I told my wife, and I don't think she was my wife at the time, but I'm covering a, a Celtics game. And I'm walking down the hallway outside the Celtics locker room and, and Brad Stevens comes by and, you know, I just give a courteous hello coach. And he looks at me dead in the eye and he goes, how's it going, Jared? What? <laughs> like, that's, a, that's like a pinch yourself moment. Like he's just like, he, he's one of the coolest guys in the NBA. And like, he's so aware of everything. Uh, he's just a nice down to earth guy. Um, you know, the day, Two, two days after Kobe Bryant died, um, I did the Celtics at the Miami Heat game. And it was actually the first – I started doing these new TNT games on Tuesday nights this year. Mm. And it was our first game of that. It was going to be the first game that Dwayne Wade was going to be doing on TNT. Um, and we just sat down in the locker room. We get the opportunity. The coolest part about doing games on TNT is – you, you get 10 minutes of an off-the-record conversation with every head coach. It's, it's oh, the wow. coolest 10 minutes of my week. Every coach, ha like they're mandated, they have to sit down and talk to us. Uh, yeah. And so being with Brad Stevens in his office uh, prior to that game was so amazing. So, you know, you saw what a genuine person he is and, and how cool he is. Um, so, you know, just – and then doing that game was another surreal moment, right, like where, like, couldn't believe we were playing basketball because nobody really cared about basketball. That, that was a huge game between Boston and Miami that night. Massive implications for the standings, implications for the playoffs. But all people were thinking about was what had happened two days earlier with Kobe. Yeah, it was almost like at that point, basketball just didn't matter, you know? And, yeah. and you saw the respect the guys gave for the eight-second violation, the 24-second shot clock violation. I just thought, Wow, like, and again, like we touched on earlier, that's what brings this community together. The whole, the whole league and everybody just come together and just, and just mourns one of the greatest guys to play the game. And even yeah. from a Celtics point of view, all that at that point just didn't matter. And it's like I said as well. It's like just seeing, you know, that that kind of epitomizes the fact that 
Big Bill Russell was sat there, you know, rocking Lakers stuff. Like, yeah, was one. Do you know what I mean he was like the ultimate anti? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And just to see him sitting there paying his respects and so it just goes to show, like you know, yeah, we all have our rivalries, and obviously us Celtics fans, we we, we just really dislike the Lakers, but it, come, it comes down to the, you know on the court, right? We all we all you know want to win. They all want to win, but off the court, it's it's just the ultimate respect. Like, everyone everyone loves everyone. It's the same with like Embiid and Towns as well. Obviously, Towns' mum passed away, didn't she? With, with, right, with yeah. coronavirus and and Joel, you know, obviously they had a bit of a tiff, and then obviously he tweeted out saying, "Oh, I hope you hope you're well and rest in peace and stuff like that." So it just goes to show that you know the league is super competitive, but at the same time, like the level of respect it has for its. As soon as you, I, I suppose once you're an NBA player, you're part of that brotherhood, no matter what team you play for. Uh, yeah, so. And, and yeah, it, it proves everyone's human too, right? Which I think, I think as fans, we kind of forget that sometimes that these basketball players are humans, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is, it, is, it is hard. Like when you watch them night in, night out, perform the way they do it, it's hard to, to sometimes think, oh, actually, these are actually normal people. These are guys. that They have got families, you know, and they've got their own lives outside of basketball. But a lot of people right. do tend to forget that. No question. But Jason, you mentioned that. Jason Tatum's not normal, though. Jason Tatum's just a yeah. Big, so. <laughs> I was actually going to ask a question on Jason Tatum. You talk about yeah. um, not human. Like, this season's been huge for the Celtics in terms of what we underachieved last year compared to this season. Like, what, what has been your views on it? And obviously, with Jason Tatum becoming an all-star, what are your thoughts on JT and the way he's changed his game this year? He's been, he's been phenomenal. And, and I remember speaking with him right before that, that game in Miami, uh, right after Kobe died. Remember how close uh, Tatum was with, with Kobe? Uh, that really affected him, too. Um, you know, and he's dealt with some injuries this year, too, that's kind of set him uh, back, and then he's overcome those. But I think, you know, he's become such a good shooter. His, his offensive game is tremendous. And I think, you know, at times uh, he's taken the, the defensive challenge as well to guard different positions. Um, and, and what I think, um, has been so awesome for him is, is, is Kemba Walker who, who has, who has entrusted Jason with, okay, if the game's on the line and you have the best shot, you're going to get the ball and you're going to take the shot. And if you miss it and the next game you have that shot again, we're going to get it back to you. You know, so I think that, that Kemba has meant so much to Tatum. Not to take anything away from Tatum. He's put in the work and, and he, his game has evolved. But I, I think that it shouldn't be lost on, like, how much that offense seems to be flowing this year and recognizing who needs to get the basketball at the right time. A lot of that credit goes to Kemba. But Tatum, man, he's, he's erupted. He's, I, I, I was so happy to see him. Uh, be an all-star, and and I think that uh, I, I I actually think you know we're a ways away from seeing him at even his peak. I, I think he's going to continue to evolve and and become so much of a better player over the years uh, because you just see what's in his bag. Like his offensive skill set is is unbelievable. Definitely, his, his foot his footwork is the one the one thing for what he's six foot seven, isn't he? Six foot eight. Yeah. For for someone that size to have the footwork he does. 
it, it's crazy. So, I mean, you know, I, I've said it, Tom said it as well. We, we think he's going to be, be an MVP in the next four to five years. Oh. So we, we've, we've gone up there and obviously I, well, I've got a bet with NBA UK fans. Uh, like it's just like a community where, you know, if that doesn't happen, I have to sit on a live wearing a Lakers jersey. So there's a lot riding on the line for me. But, oh. <laughs> but no, I mean, Jason Tate, I mean, like, the, the one thing you said there, which you know, screams, like, it's, it's just true, is the fact that Kemba it is, having Kemba come in, having someone come in like him, who he is the ultimate team player. We've said this on our, on our previous episodes as well, like yeah. his situation in Charlotte, where he was there for so long, he yeah. had nobody around him. I mean, yeah. nobody. Yeah, he'd go out and give you 110%, and he'd be just as efficient um, like every night, you know? And the fact that he, he would play I mean, I think he's. I think in one season he was. The, he played the most minutes out of anyone in the league. Um, the fact that he's now come to us and he is providing, you know, he is a facilitator for a lot of stuff. And I, I think it's, you know, we're we're really happy to have him 100. percent And hopefully he stays with us for a long time because he's that type of player which brings out the best yeah. of the other guys. Which you can see that this season definitely. Yeah, he's a he's 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 just like a calming influence on everybody. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, he's. He's not, you know, he's not this bold personality, which it's not a bad thing to be a bold personality, but like you can show how much trust he has in his teammates and, and how much trust his teammates have in him. Yeah, 100%. I think that's what's translated through to this year. Everybody's just trusted each other and they've, they've backed each other more than anything. They've backed each other and they've gone out and it's, it's been a pleasure to watch, to be honest. It really yeah, has. It's been a lot of fun. Big difference from a uh, year before. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. It's like I said to you, it's like I said <laughs> to Kyle and Scow, you know, like it was um, the fact that this season, I, the one player which to me had to produce and had to step up was Jalen Brown. You know, we, we paid him big money. And obviously, you know, I never, I never not trust Danny and what he does. But at that point, I was a bit like, he was a bit, you know, it was quite a, it was quite an uncomfortable situation where we were giving him that much money based on his performances last season, um, and the fact that he's come in now and he's been super consistent. And right. like, like I said earlier, so it's just to show that you know that one player like Kemba just brings out the best in in in, in, a, in a team, and they all trust each other. Yeah, and I, I also think too. Um, you know, I, I I don't love talking about the money factor because I, I think that that's that takes us away from basketball, but, but from a psychological standpoint, I think that everybody on the team um, this year wasn't worried about getting paid next year, mm-hmm. right? Like Kemba obviously yeah. was taken care of. Jalen was taken care of. A couple of uh, – Marcus was taken care of, you know, and, and not that I can point fingers and say that was an issue last year, but I think just from a psychological standpoint, like if I told you you were going to work and there's a chance that, you know, if something happens between now and the next four to six months, you, you may not get paid what you think you deserve to get paid. It may have something, even if it's in the back of your mind, not in the front of your mind. I, I just think guys relaxed this year. They were, they were calmer. There wasn't the added pressures that they had for whatever reason, valid or invalid. Um, and I think guys just played their game this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I 100% I agree in, in terms of there was just no pressure at all. Everybody was sorted out. Everybody could just go and play basketball. And that's what we wanted to see. And that's what we got. 
But question. obviously, let's say, obviously, we don't know at the moment. It's a tough situation with everything that's going on in the world. But do you, do you see, like, the Celtics possibly being a threat this year in the playoffs? If, let's say, we go ahead and, in an ideal world. Like, well, what, how do you rank their, tra- their chances? I'm going to say this. You know, I, I have no idea. Like, if, I, if you would ask me this question two months ago, I'd have a different answer than I have today because I, I just don't know what, what it's going to be like once we get back to playing basketball. Um, mm. I, you know, one of the most difficult things about what's happening for NBA players right now is that so many of them don't have the ability to practice. Um, yeah. And again, not to feel sorry for them. You know, we're all in, in, a, in a bad spot here, an uncomfortable spot here. But, you know, a lot of players don't have basketball hoops at their house. They don't have the physical space to work out. If they don't have access to a gym, are they keeping themselves in shape? Now, as a professional, you would hope you're doing all that you can to keep yourself ready. But we know whatever sport you play, there's a difference between working out in a gym every day and then going to play and then let alone running right back into playoff basketball. Like that's, that's a different level of basketball. And then we're going to possibly jump right back into it. So I would say because of that, yeah, the Celtics have a good, as good of a shot as anybody because we have yeah. no idea what they're showing up with and no idea what, what anybody else is showing up with. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think they got a shot and, and I think the circumstances are going to make it weird. Um, yeah. Prior to all of this, I thought the Celtics had the ability to screw things up for some teams. I think the East is is really weird. Like, it, 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 we it, we should be saying Milwaukee runs away with it. You know, for the second straight year, they've got the best record. They've clearly got the best player in the Eastern Conference in, in Giannis. And yet, for whatever reason, there's idiots like me don't want to just <laughs> hand them uh, the Eastern Conference championship. Like, there's I don't know what it is about them that that just gives us pause. Uh, but at the same time, it's not like I feel all that great about anybody else. Uh, no offense. Like, it's not like the Celtics are, you know, beating down their door. I think the Raptors are a good team. Could the Raptors make another run? Yeah. But I don't – there's nothing about them that makes me feel like, oh, yeah, they're they're the team that can take down Milwaukee. Philadelphia has got more questions than answers. Uh, they're, yeah. They're the team that should be challenging Milwaukee. But for whatever reason, they've got a whole boatload of, of issues going on there. And, and you know – who knows if their guys are going to show up in shape, uh, you know, more than most teams, you know, are, yeah. are they going to be good to go? So there, there's just, the East is just so weird, which to be honest with both you guys, which is why I was so excited for the playoffs. Like eight weeks ago, we were knocking on the door, right? We were less than yeah. 20 games of regular season basketball away from what I thought could have been the most exciting and unpredictable playoff run we had seen in a long time. And that just got put on hold. And that's, that's what sucks the most is that, like, I was licking my chops for this because it was going to be full of drama every single night of the playoffs. We just had no idea what was going to go on. Yeah, like, it, it, it did shape up to be a kind of crazy playoffs. And, I mean, we've had this conversation last week. We should be, what, nearly wrapping up the playoffs first? Yeah, we should nearly be in the second round. We should be in the second round. We should probably be in yeah. the way through the second round right now. Yeah, and it's just mad to think that not a ball has been touched in so long. And yeah. I think everybody, like we've had, I had a conversation with Mike D'Amico, and it's like, people have got to understand, these guys are going to need time. We could get basketball back tomorrow, but I still don't see it being another month that these guys are going to need to get ready. 
you can't just throw them back in as athletes as they are. Like you said, you know, a lot of them haven't got access to hoops. These guys are going to need at least a month to get themselves ready into shape. And then we'll, then we'll move forward. But basketball, when you really think about it, is quite far off. In a weird sense, I'd quite like to just, when basketball comes back, I just want basketball back. I just want it mm. back. That's it. I don't want to be messing around anymore because, I mean, it's been a nightmare. Like, like we said, watching random TV shows is it's not okay. <laughs> but I, mean, I just want, yeah, I, I, think, I think, you know, they would have kept themselves in enough shape. And what you've got to remember is that everyone's in the same scenario, aren't they? Right. So even if you throw, you know, like there was rumours saying that Jason Tatum's not touched the ball since the last game. I think that's absolutely false, but um, mm. but do you know what I mean? It's, it's that kind of craziness where uh, that I think that will make the most exciting playoffs probably that we've ever seen, based just just, just on that little principle as well. Yeah. Like you know, that everyone's no one knows what everyone's going to be like. And and we haven't even talked about the factor that there may be no fans in the stands too. Mm. So yeah. how much is that that going to change? you know, the whole vibe around the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. You could almost say that could probably, you could probably do away with home court advantage. That's gone. Oh, yeah. Because, because if there's no fans, it's neutral. Right. I think if you've done it at a neutral, they're, they're talking about neutral. Uh, yeah, that's a possibility. It was Orlando, wasn't it? It was like Disneyland. Was like... I think there's, there's a bunch of different scenarios out there, you know, some, some in, in Las Vegas, some in Orlando, you know, maybe they set up an East Coast hub and a West Coast hub. Who knows? It's difficult. I mean, we could all sit here and speculate what they could do, what they can do, but I think there's a lot to do before we get into that conversation, to be honest. Right? And I think a lot, a lot of thought needs to go into it. First and foremost, everybody needs to be safe. And however they do it, I'm like you guys, I want basketball back tomorrow. I want it back tonight. I don't want to be going to bed at 10 o'clock at night. I want to be going to bed at like 3, 4, 5 in the morning again, you know? <laughs> I'm with you. So... So, yeah, um, going back to, actually, I, I forgot to ask a question earlier that I really want to ask, actually, and you mentioned it. But you said you get to spend time with Shaq and Charles Larkin, right? Yeah. Is that a real-life thing, or is that a show? Come on, Jared, please, let me know. No, it's, it's all real life, man. Like, there's no acting, there's no fake. Like, we just have, it, it's, it's a good time, man. And, and uh you know, there's nothing is scripted. It's, it's, it's just fun. Yeah. It is funny. I do love seeing then goes. Shaq is funny though. Shaq is just hilarious. That moment oh, yeah. when he got off the stand and then tripped over the, the, <laughs> and just yeah. the floor. I mean, were you there for, were you there at that point? Like, I, I, I was actually, it just popped up as a memory for me. Cause I had taken it. <laughs> <a>, uh, <laughs> hold on. Let me show you this. If I can find it real quick. It was honestly, it was the fun. It was the funniest thing I've seen. And he just, he just, he just styles it out and just takes it like a man. He's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm on the floor now. That's it. Here's what it is. <laughs> I think that started. That, that that was the birth of Shaq from the pool right there. It, oh, he is. He is a funny guy. Definitely. That was that was great, man. And like the thing with Shaq, I think he's a guy that just doesn't take himself too seriously. Oh, he's he's an eight year old boy trapped in a forty five year old man's body. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the picture. I, I thought I had it here because it was just the anniversary of him falling was the other day. Yeah. But I thought I had it here, but I couldn't find that on my phone. Um, yeah, I was there. I was there for that in the studio. That was unbelievable. Like, 
did you guys just did you guys just fought, did you just try so hard not to fall over laughing was it was no. moments well, where that's the thing about our place is that it, it, if you're gonna laugh they let you laugh like there's there's no you don't have to you don't have to hide anything at our place that, that's the best part <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like the fact that like it, it took everyone a little little while to go see if he's all right you kind of just led there for a bit didn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's a mess the best thing I love, the thing I love about it is that you just get Ernie, Ernie all the time just sat in the middle of him and I just think he's absolutely brilliant. Ernie Johnson, he is just like, he's a national treasure in the UK for me because the guy is oh, just, he, he just sits there and the way he just composes those two is just brilliant. And obviously he's probably one of the best broadcasters out there, let's be honest. Well, I'm, I'm so happy to hear you call him a national treasure there because he certainly is here and he's become such a mentor for me and, He's, uh, I think he's probably one of the best, if not the best studio host that's ever lived. Um, and he's an even better person off the air, um, which is amazing. Uh, he's so sincere and so cool. Um, yeah, I mean, he is, and, and, and the way he, the way he's the traffic cop between all, all the nonsense that goes on and he knows when to let it go and when to pull the reins in, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah, he, he, he really is. He's brilliant. He really is. So um, I think that's literally bringing us towards the end. But before we do, we've got two games that we like to play. And I'm quite looking forward to this. This, okay. is, th this is my favorite time of the show. Obviously, the conversations are great. But this is where like, you get to really have a bit of fun. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three players. We play, a, we play a game. Obviously, you've probably heard it before. You get the start, bench, and trade. Okay. And then I'm going to throw it to Nath. He's going to he's going to ask you another 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 question that takes a lot of thinking. So maybe okay. this could have something to do with that. But so basically, three players start start bench trade. Is a Celtics podcast, but considering you are the guy of the NBA TV, I'm going to I'm going to do it through the whole league. So okay. I'm going to give you three players, and obviously, like I said, so first up, LeBron James. You've got Yanis Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant. You've got to start one, bench one, trade one. Who, who's going where and why? I will start Giannis. I'll bench LeBron and I'll trade Durant because Durant's hurt and he can't play right now. And you didn't say that. I could <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you got been mugged off. Okay, I'll give you that one. But what Thanks. if they are all healthy? Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I still like benching LeBron because then he can come off the bench and get his rest. Yeah. Right. Um. Um. Man, uh, start Durant, trade Giannis. I, I hate this question. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I couldn't, I couldn't let you go through that on your own, but I'm gonna, so I'm going to throw it to Nate. But if you were to trade him, where, who would you trade him for and why? Like, where would he go? Giannis? Where, where would I trade Giannis? There's yeah, all these if everybody's healthy, you can get a guy back from him. Anybody in the league, who would you trade him for? I don't – I mean, to answer you seriously for a second, I, I, I don't 
I don't think there's a player in the league right now that if I were the Milwaukee Bucks, I would trade Giannis for. Mm, yeah, I, I agree. Now, maybe there's like a package that, that would be I, – I, I, no, I, I just don't – like there's nothing that I could get back unless I'm the Bucks and, and Giannis comes to me and says, I'm not resigning here, I want to leave, and then, then you're forced into it. But um, I, I think Giannis has the, the chance to be the best player in the league one day. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And I, I was thinking about this today actually. When I was I was thinking about Jason Tatum, but obviously watching Michael Jordan, like Michael Jordan, the '90s were Jordan, was the Jordan era. Right. You got like you got the 2000s, just like Kobe, the 10s, LeBron. Who dominates the 20s for you and mo- like moving for the next decade? Because for me, I I struggled as much as I love Jason Tatum, and I think Jason Tatum will be in that conversation. It's really hard right now to see past Yanis. Well, I, I still think Kawhi's in the conversation if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think there's, you know, there's a lot of young players. You know, is, is Zion going to be as good as advertised? I mean, we've only seen a small sample size of, of, of Zion, and he's, he's pretty darn good right now. Um, and how about, like, Luka Doncic, you know, is he going to continue to grow and, 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 and be great? Um, you know, I, I would say those, those guys would be the next wave. The, the other part of it, too, is, um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count out the Warriors with, with Steph and Clay coming back. You know, I think that Steph's still got plenty of good years left in him. Um, so, and, and Kevin Durant, too. Like, you know, I think – if Achilles is tough to come back from, but like Kevin Durant's still young enough where he could, he could win another MVP, you know, playing for Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, this is as well, like, I don't want to dive off the subject a little bit, but if the longer this situation goes on, the more likely we are to see KD sort of be in a situation where he probably could come back. And yeah. obviously we don't know if Kyrie, God, I feel sick. Um, is is <laughs> is, is I mean, obviously he's out indefinitely with his injury, yeah. as always. But you know, I mean, there's a possibility we could see those guys come back together, like if moving forward, if we. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I would say, have a hard time. Yeah. yeah. I, I know there's the, that that door has been opened. I have a hard yeah. time believing those guys come back for any sort of playoff run. Uh, I would yeah. think we just start fresh next year. Yeah. Well, I mean that's an, uh, that's another thing. Look at look at where Brooklyn are. The eighth seed. They're probably going to go. You know they're fighting on the back end of the playoffs. They haven't really got much to lose. Nothing right. to win with them coming back. Right. Yeah. Cool. Right, Nate. So obviously, same question. Fire it over to you, just quick. What your your GM, obviously of the Celtics. You've got so somehow you've ended up with those three guys. What 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 would you do? I to be fair, I'd probably do a similar thing uh, to to what Jared said. You know, I, I would start Kevin Durant. I think when he's healthy, he is. Uh, when he's up there with the greatest players playing in the NBA. Do you know what I mean? He he's 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 incredible. Um, now I'm torn between Giannis and LeBron only because I feel like LeBron. You know, Giannis is young. Giannis has got a lot of years in him. So I'm thinking of my, my franchise here. You know, I, I want longevity. So. I think I would bench Giannis and I would trade LeBron. Wow. That's a fair oh, It's really hard though, because obviously LeBron yeah. is LeBron. He is, to be, right. for being brilliant honest, I think he is the greatest player to play in the NBA of all time, period. Wow. There's no, I don't think, 
obviously MJ's up there, but LeBron is for what he's done for the game and you know winning multiple championships with different teams. Like, yeah, he's, he is. He's he's unbelievable. He carried those Cavaliers to mm. a championship. Like what one guy can you say is car- on his own carried a whole organization to a championship? Which is mad. It's crazy. So, yeah, so I I don't agree with you that LeBron's the greatest of all time. I think I think it's still Michael. But I think the point that people often miss if you're going to make the argument that LeBron is the greatest of all time, which I think is a fair argument, mm. is that Michael Jordan never had to beat a team like the 2016 Golden State Warriors, ever. Mm. So, I, I, you know, I, I think that's the argument to be made, is that some of the teams that LeBron had to go up against to win titles were the teams he lost against. Uh, now, listen, like losing to Dallas that one year was awful, but, you know, that the Cavs being down 3-1 to one against the greatest regular season team ever mm. says a lot. Well, yeah, yeah that does. If you say that, like with Michael, obviously – their probably closest comparison to their toughest team they played against was the Pistons, just because of their, you know, brute force and, you know, their, their aggression on the court, like yeah. going up against, well, it's a little bit, obviously it's two different yeah. sides of the coin where you have the way they used to be. They used to be, you call them bullies. Right. When, like the, the Pistons were bullies at that point where the Golden State Warriors were just straight out shooters, straight out ballers. Like they didn't need to do any of those dirty tactics to, to absolutely crucify a team. So, Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They they were bullies, and watching that last dance documentary really does highlight like how physical that team was. It was just insane. But yeah, and Ace, I'm going to swing it over to you. I know you love playing this game, and it's a, it, it's something that I'm I actually have been thinking a lot this week. I know I say it every week that I I need to make my decision. We're not doing it to the end, but I've been thinking about it, and it's tough. It's tough. So I'm going to swing it to you to to put to Jared and. Okay. Okay, Jared. So our final game that we like to play with our guests is there's a prize. You get a prize if you win this, by the way. UK Celtics podcast T-shirt. So I mean, there's a lot to play for, Jared. So much to play for. So basically, what what we've done with every guest is that you know we've done a fantasy draft. So you pick your starting five players. Okay, anyone from the league. And what we're going to do is we're going to take each guest's team. We're going to put it into a bracket at the end of the podcast season and we're going to do some 2K Sims um, and then we're going to see whose team is the greatest team and whose team is the winner of the season one of the, that UK Celtics podcast. What, what are my parameters? They, they just have to be active players in the NBA right now? Anyone, yeah, anyone, so yeah, well, you can you can choose things. Everyone, yeah, we would say that. Yeah. Probably today, you can't be choosing, you know, like Bill Russell. <laughs> um, yeah, so active players today. And everyone's healthy. Anyone in the league, everyone's healthy. There's nothing wrong with them. You get to pick your starting five. Who are you picking and why? I feel like I need a piece of paper here. <laughs> <laughs> um, a tough one. Hold on. See, I'm not going to – I can't half-ass this, so I need to really figure this one out. Thank you. My lovely assistant just brought over a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, I need a T-shirt. Win a T-shirt. I'll tell you what, if you do win, Jared, as well, we'll send one to the wife, too. So you get oh, to- thank you. Nice. I appreciate that. Oh, man. <laughs> you haven't got a dog, have you? If you haven't no, got a dog, no. for the dog. I want one. She won't let me get one. Oh, no. Oh, man. Usually the other way around. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. I've got a feeling this is going to be a good one. 
I mean, Jared, you, you and Car- you and Draper were the ones that have taken this ultimate seriously. Like, I mean, hasn't gone right. We get the. Well, I'm not just giving you name. I want to win. <laughs> uh, um, hmm. I want to have a good like a, a team that makes sense too. Yeah, um, it's quite easy to pick a team full of superstars. Five players. Uh, man. And it's quite easy to just pick the best players as well. Yeah, this is what it is. Right, yeah. But it's all about making that team work. Also, you've got to think of 2K as well. Because <laughs> we're not playing the games. We're letting 2K spin them. them. So 2K is a fickle, fickle thing. <laughs> I love this intensity. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Hold on. I got, I got to think of one more here. Um... I need, a, I need another. I'll tell, I'll tell you what the craziest pick was. I think it was, was it Kyle who chose it? I can't remember, but. Um, he chose who? Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Hmm. I think he chose Chris Paul. Was it, was it or was it Max Lederman? I can't remember. One of the guys, one of the guys. Yeah, I think it was Max. Chose Chris Paul. Which was, as a, is, a, wild which was a bold shout. Nobody else went for that. I think 90% everybody's gone for Steph because. You know, probably one of the greatest shooters of all time. So. Yeah, he's already out. He's my first name on the list. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, man, I, I don't want to just take an easy way out here. Mm. And everybody, everybody struggles on the center as well. Is that- everyone, everyone that's listening right now, Jared is currently on a – so you're on your laptop or phone, you're on a tablet. You're yeah. Like, I'm right, digging in. You're going reason. through. I'm just looking at standings. I'm going through players. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking this seriously, people. Yeah, I mean, why? Why would I? I won't, don't want to screw this up here. Ooh, um, ooh that's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Him? No, I don't want him. I definitely, <laughs> don't want, I definitely don't want that guy. Uh, <laughs> All right, fine. Here we go. Ready? Yeah, we're, we're ready. All right, and since we're, we're playing positionless basketball here anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm starting with Steph Curry. Great choice. Playing the, uh, the, the two guard for me will be uh, a two-time finals MVP. He calls himself the claw, Kawhi Leonard. Great, Very great. Playing the, uh, the the small forward for me is a one-time regular season MVP on his way to winning his second regular season MVP. The Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo. Playing the four spot for me is a two-time Finals MVP, one-time regular season MVP, and his Achilles is healed a hundred percent. Kevin Durant. KD. And at the center spot, reluctantly playing center because he doesn't love playing center, but a versatile man who can block shots, defend multiple positions. He's never won any sort of MVP, but he won himself out of New Orleans to Los Angeles. Mr. Wow, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Curry, Kawhi, Giannis, KD, and AD. That's shooters. Wow. There's some shooters in that team. Damn right there's some shooters. We're spreading the and, floor and we're defenders. 
I mean, that's look, what I mean. Serious defense. Giannis, there. Kawhi, KD, and AD. Who who's scoring on that team? <laughs> You're not getting to the basket there, are you? Let's be honest. And put Steph in the pick and roll and see what happens to you. That's <laughs> it. That's it. I mean, that is a serious starting five. You're damn right um, that is. Wow. Was it worth the wait? Well, that yeah, was worth I the wait. The listeners, I think mean, the listeners are going to love it as well. <laughs> and I mean, the way it you, just so many MVPs, right? Whether yeah. it's regular season, finals. Yeah. Come on. So many guys in there that are winners. That's what I put together, guys. I don't, I don't mess around with losers. <laughs> Man, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And Jared, I think on that note, mate, I think that's, that's going to wrap it up for, for this, this episode. I really, really do appreciate you coming on. It's been a blast just hearing some of your stories and obviously hearing your starting five for the game. I can't wait to see where that ends up. Obviously, for you and the wife, I wish you all the best. And Thank you. Obviously, when, NBA, when the NBA does return, I'll be sure to see you on the screen and chat to you in the meantime. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Fellas, I appreciate you uh, giving me something to do here for a little bit of time. It was great talking to you. I love your passion. Love what you guys are doing. I uh, can't wait to uh, continue to watch and listen to you guys. Amazing. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank, thanks, man. Nath, as always, thanks for coming on, buddy. It's, uh, it's always appreciated you being by my side. Obviously, it wouldn't work with me, just me on my own. You know, just some weird guy with a hat in a vest sat in his, in his bedroom. We also need that guy, you know. <laughs> who normally has the Celtics uh, stuff behind him. But if you've not noticed, Nate hasn't come with that today because, you well, know, we've had, we've had a few issues. But, hey, it's been a great podcast. Thanks for being by the side of me, man. No worries, man. It's, it's turning into a, like, do you remember, we're gonna, our wives are going to think we're cheating on them. You know what I mean? <laughs> our, this is our, our, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. We're away. We're away locked in a room. Yeah, it looks a bit dodgy, mate. But, no, nah, always a pleasure, man. And, like we said, you know, Jared, awesome guest. Really appreciate you coming on. Got it, guys. So that's the end of this week's That UK Celtics podcast. We're back next week with another episode. And be sure to like, subscribe, review and share the pod. But until next time, people, peace.